1: And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Mando Season 3, The Bad Batch, Ahsoka, and all the other awesome uh, and exciting projects we've got coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co host Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? It's
2: going good. We're kicking off 2023 with some great Star Wars content already that I'm excited to talk about on this one. So the fun is just starting for 2023.
0: Uh, Tim, I believe it's uh, things are going well. Proper English, sir. I mean, come on.
2: I'm sorry. i the English master, Paul Herman. I, I know.
0: I me, the, so the king of proper English. <laughs> Don't ever look up my Twitter, please. Good God. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sure no.
1: everybody's confused because I edit out all the times in the podcast where you spend like a minute trying to think of the word you're trying to say. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. See, you come across as, as an English master. I'm just yeah, saying, I, I make I come... you look good.
0: <laughs> Uh, look good play good play good look good right you know exactly uh, exactly no uh things are going great and and for the record that's never going to stop like when I, whenever i'm distracted my adhd kicks into hardcore and i can't think of the words so that happens all the time uh which i didn't know you add ch- those out thank you very much to, uh tim sorry kyle
1: oh god it's already I, I mean sometimes <laughs> you ask me to and sometimes i'm just like yeah Ooh, I'll, I'll that's fair cut See, this out for look, your,
0: your homies
1: hey homies look out for homies
0: no I, i'm excited man i you know recently we i just did the um the Star Wars News Net live stream which went, I thought pretty well for our first you know first times that was a lot of fun and i'm sure the, you know, for those who are listening the, the guys will be you never know we will probably show up at some point sometime if we if we continue to do stuff with if i continue to do stuff with Star Wars News Net so we'll see what happens there but um yeah you know we just had a birthday and christmas and i got a couple of star wars things i got some art of books of uh the high republic and then also the visions art of book, which by the way, if you guys are wondering about buying the uh, the art of uh, visions book, d- don't waste your money. Oh my God, that's one of the worst as worthless. Oh, pretty much worthless that, in my opinion.
2: That's so disappointing to hear of all the great art styles that are in Star Wars visions. Yes. The art book is yes. disappointing.
0: And you, you, I mean, just look at, you know, there's more, you know, yeah. there's more. And, and the only thing I can tell myself is that it's because they want to use it for real like somewhere down the line the other stuff that wasn't Mm. used because that stuff is so i would say like even the stuff i didn't like maybe all the time looks rad at times you know so there's i don't know we'll see i i yeah it was really disappointing but um i got a bunch of star wars comics i mean come on to me uh for my birthday and christmas so i'm super excited um to go dive in more and yeah, I've been listening to um, the new Jedha, um the Battle of Jeddah, which I need to finish that. It's been not terrible, but not great, but I need to finish that. Um, so, yeah, lots of cool stuff happening. And obviously we got lots of, you know, re- Return of the Bad Batch and Mandalorian. I'm excited to get into all of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, we had planned on... Uh... You know, jumping on like we, you know, we recorded a couple weeks ago, and we said our next episode. You know, the Bad Batch will have started, and we'll talk about the uh, the first few episodes of the Bad Batch. But then, uh, within the past week, we got a new trailer for the Mandalorian season three. So we're going to start off talking about that um, because this is the way. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this it wasn't like a surprise drop. You know, we had found out a couple days ahead of time or whatever that it was going to be showing during Monday Night Football. Um, But man, I tell you what, these two official trailers that we've gotten released for Mando season three so far are getting me really excited for this season. I think based on mainly just two things. One, the fact that these shows, you know, keep getting better and bigger in scope and everything. Um, And you just look at the difference between Mando season one and Mando season two in terms of like the amount of characters, locations, just the scope of the storytelling and everything. Um, and Mando season two really just kind of expanded that world. But I think, I think season three is going to kind of continue that. I mean, we see from the trailer, like there's, it seems like there's going to be more stuff dealing with like the new Republic and Coruscant and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, maybe more focused back on the Mandalorians and the planet Mandalore and and really digging into their culture and history and everything and maybe not so many like familiar character appearances and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, now you have characters like Bo-Katan, um, who was like a surprise cameo in season two, who now she's just like an integral part of the story. So um, really looking forward to seeing them continue like all those storylines and stuff. Um But just seeing, like, I mean, like, obviously I loved Mando season one, but, like, I feel like season two got me so much more excited and just thinking about then continuing that on in season three. I didn't like the Book of Boba Fett as much as, you know, Mando season two, but, like, those two Mando episodes in there, I know it's part of the Book of Boba Fett, but I always say, like, those are two of the best Mandalorian episodes we've gotten so far. So if we continue to get stuff at that quality and above... I think we're going to be in for something really special. Um, And then also just the fact that, like, in both of these trailers, I feel like they've shown a lot. I feel like for the first two seasons of Mando, the trailers that they released ahead of time were kind of... I wouldn't say, like, you know, certainly not boring by any stretch. Like, they were intriguing. They showed some cool stuff. But they were definitely the type of trailers where you're like, that didn't really tell me anything. Like, we saw some planets. We saw Mando shooting at some stuff. Like, it was very kind of bare bones. Like you can tell that they're saving the good stuff for the actual show. Um, And now in, in the trailers for season three and especially in this new trailer, like they show a lot of cool stuff. It still doesn't really reveal any big story moments or any, you know, plot points of like what the season's going to be about aside from, you know, him going back to Mandalore and trying to kind of figure out his place as a Mandalorian and kind of where they fit in the galaxy and there's a couple other lines in there that kind of hint at some potential storylines, but, um, you know, still, I, I'm going into this going like, I, I don't really know what to expect this season. I'm sure they're going to be a lot of surprises, but at the same time, I feel like they've shown a lot more, um, you know, shown us a lot more up to this point than we had seen, um, from the first two seasons in terms of like expecting where we're going and, and who's going to be in it and stuff like that. Um, I guess maybe part of that is because at this point, like they can have trailers and show characters like Bo-Katan and uh, some of these people that we now know are like part of the storyline. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, again, the combination of just like everything we've seen in the trailer combined with everything we know about the story and kind of where they're building up to and where they're going from here and, and the, the growth that they've shown so far, I think we're going to be in for something real special I'm excited for it. We'll get into you know specific moments and, and cool stuff from the trailer, but what were you guys just kind of overall impressions of seeing it for the first time?
2: Yeah, this was a great trailer. And I get what you're saying, how compared to the Mandalorian season two trailer, because I remember talking about those, how it's like, it's good. We're cool. We're seeing new footage from the next season of, Man, of Mandalorian, but nothing that really jumped out at you saying like, oh, that like, can't wait for that. That looks amazing. We're just excited to see new seasons again. But this one, I agree. It's definitely showing kind of us more than what those season two trailers did, but at the same time, it's doing a great job of getting you excited for what's to come, but yet still not revealing anything big that we know, of course, we're going to get in this season because every Mandalorian season so far, the first two, have delivered on some really cool big stuff that we got to enjoy as Star Wars fans. So I thought this trailer just did a really good job of just showcasing a lot of cool visuals and moments that we can come to expect this season, but at the same time still knowing that of course, they're holding stuff back for the really big, juicy stuff that a Star Wars fan is just going to eat up. But yeah, visually, it just looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, it just the season keeps looking better and better. And that's the locations that we're going to be going to um, this season look awesome for some new ones and familiar ones. And it's just great to have that feeling of knowing that Mando is coming back. I mean, it's, it's, it's third season, um, it's going to be what? four years um, not quite four years but we're entering the fourth year since it first premiered back in 2019 and there's i sent out this gif as a tweet from c3po and the force awakens saying like seeing the mandal trailer just made me think of this line where it's like where c 3 po tells r2 after he wakes up like oh my old friend how i've missed you that's how i felt with the mandalorian knowing that we've missed having another season of the mandalorian since the end of 2020 now that we're getting another one here at 2023 it's just going to be great to have it back for the next eight weeks so and this trailer i mean from getting the first <laughs> that leaked footage from celebration and it's getting a peek at that it looked amazing from just seeing that blurry crummy footage and then getting that teaser um a few months ago at um d23 it was d23 right where they showed <laughs> that our first look at the mandalorian season three if i'm remembering right
1: um, um i believe so yeah,
2: yeah if not that it was right. somewhere close but but then yeah. that got you excited then this one is just you know is it march 1st yet <laughs> that was the question after watching the trailer because this one of this looks so so good for what's in store for us this season so yeah the trailer definitely did its job of just getting us even more excited for a show that obviously we're already excited for but at the same time not giving too much away so uh, keep a surprise as we see the season unfold once it begins so yeah it was great i love this trailer
0: well you know tim you said on twitter too you know speak of the devil uh that when you i you watched it before i did i i kind of was a little bit later that day on checking it out and um one of the things that you said was that it does a perfect job maybe i'm pretty sure it was you you said it, it did a perfect job of not showing you pretty much anything but just being able to get you excited and um and and obviously <clears throat> you know you could say that for a lot of star wars trailers but this one particularly you better i, I get another great point when you're saying how you you can afford to show pl- uh you know certain characters and not have them like and, and now we know like, oh pelly's coming back and oh that 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 one guy blue is coming back, and then you've got, um, you know, you start going down the list of all these different characters we're seeing. You got the, you know, there's a lot, the RT, you know, the RT unit, whatever R four, um, or R four. What's his name? The the white one from R five D four. R five, yeah, R five. Yes, yeah, D four. I four was in the title somewhere. Yeah. um uh, <laughs> but you, you can start going down the line and, and start kind of showing people things, and you're not really showing big bits. I mean, you're you have the Mandalorian shots that are really cool. You basically tell people exactly you know what the season's all about and like you said too like you're kind of you're kind of knowing what they're gonna what the what we're going for which we already knew because we we had obviously book of boba fett but it just kind of gave you a little bit of a again a little bit of a taste yeah. it, it was a teaser but to me it's more of a taste it's like you're, you're, you're yeah you're telling the, the, the basic people out there who, are, who don't really know everything about it or maybe have need reminders what's going on a little bit but at the same time it's giving you a taste of from a visual standpoint of what you have to expect from it. And that, that whole taste idea just seeing Mandalore and all that stuff. It's just, it's really exciting. And to me, like, like you said, in your Twitter, keep me on Twitter, your Twitter again, um, about old friend and how I missed you. I, I forgot. I didn't realize it was four years, man. That's crazy. Almost. Uh, I know it's not quite four years. It's, it's, you know, four years in December, but that's crazy. And it is like Mandalorians become like, you know, just a staple in Star Wars now. And it, yep. it sounds it sounds stupid to say that out loud in a sense to like, oh, no, duh. But like, no, it's not that old. And it, it's it is it is now, you know, some of the greatest Star Wars of all time. It's an iconic it part
2: of Star Wars now. Or Exa- already,
0: thank yeah. you. But yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's iconic now. It's not it's not just like, oh, it's really popular. No, no, no. Mandalorian is now. It is like it is part of the icon- iconography of Star Wars, mm. which I you can't say that for the sequel trilogy, you can't say that for Book of Boba Fett or for Andor. The, it, that is a special place, and you know, I and, I, and for good reason, it's phenomenal. So, I, I think, I think, you know, I think Mandalorian season two is one of the greatest Star Wars things of all time, and it's a goat, uh, in my opinion. And I'm sorry, andor season one don't compare to it, homie. Um, so that's just how I feel. um yeah season three looks great looks like a lot of fun and he, and kyle you brought up this too it looks like even more of a higher budget or just it looks more cinematic and bigger um and and even bigger than i think Andor. like some of the scenes in there i'm like damn we're getting like the freaking pod or the you know Star- Naibu starfighter you know going through a canyon and like oh my god and like mandalorian ships and i'm like yes we're you Know if I don't have to see a hallway and freaking a Mandalorian season, I'm gonna be very, very happy. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. So, I mean, uh, this looks fantastic. I, I yeah, can't, no sides wait. of hallways in this trailer. I mean, we're, we're gonna get them, but like, listen, if you trade in hallways for big rooms, I'll be happy. So, uh, that's all I'll say, but yeah, I think this looks phenomenal so far. Obviously,
1: yeah, it is wild that this year it's gonna be you know, four years since Mando came out. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know, it's funny you talk about the show getting bigger. I don't know if it's so much just the budget getting bigger every year, and it could. It very well could be Disney going, "Hey, this is successful. You guys are doing a great job. We're going to give you more money to, you know, keep right." The show it's it's development you know, of the other special effects. Yeah, I was, well, but, but but part of it is uh, yeah, part of it is you know maybe them giving them more money, and part of it is just them using that money more efficiently, you know, improving the technology, stuff like that. I mean, they said that like a lot of the budget for season one just went into like developing the technology of the volume and stuff. And so it's like now as they get more experience with that, they're having to put less money into building stuff and more money into, you know, paying people who can use that stuff well and do, you know, more cool things with it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of things they do to continue pushing the envelope, um, they also announced the uh, the official list of directors for this season, which includes uh, Rick Famuyiwa and Bryce Dallas Howard, returning veterans, as well as Carl Weathers. Um, you know, they've all done great stuff in the past. And then new directors, Lee Isaac Chung, Rachel Morrison and Peter Ramsey. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys all do. Um, kind of surprised to not see Jon Favreau directing an episode this season. Um Not surprised that Dave isn't because we know he's off, you know, directing um, Ahsoka. Um, Although I don't know if he's, I don't think he's directing all of that. I think he's like, we know that he's writing and and producing it and everything. I think it just, Um, I
2: don't know if it was like officially announced, but I've heard that. um, Sarah. I can't remember her name, but the director of the second episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Was amazing. Sarah something. Yeah. Oh, uh,
1: Steph Steph Green. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny, Tim. She's she's doing Ah 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 Ah
1: Ahsoka. yeah yeah she
0: doing. yeah so oh, awesome you, Tim, when you you said that or i saw that earlier and i meant to I, I was stuck at work so i couldn't uh get into it but um i was wondering is that uh the same girl who did um uh the the second episode of book of boba fett because i think that like you said that is a phenomenal episode i remember being like keep her on for uh future episodes and i think it's it does not Surprised me that that Dave tapped her to come in and help him out with Ahsoka. That that's a huge vote of confidence in her, yep. and for good reason. I don't know if she did another episode, but that episode she did was fantastic. Yeah,
1: I think no, that, it was that yeah, one. that was yeah, that was the only one she did for Book of Boba Fett. Um, and definitely, I would say aside from maybe Bryce Dallas Howard's episode, I think because that one was my favorite episode of the season. Um, that episode five, The Return of the Mandalorian, and then you have. Dave's episode, which was the one with Luke. And, you know, there were some moments in that one that maybe weren't as tight from a directing standpoint, but just all the stuff with Luke and Grogu and, you know, the the training and everything was just that's some of the coolest stuff we've ever seen in Star Wars. Um but then yeah, that that second episode with the train heist and everything and boba training with the Tuskens is uh that's my third favorite episode of the season. But also it's one of those ones kind of like the Believer from season two of The Mandalorian that Rick directed, where it's like, that's it may not be my personal favorite episode, but it's definitely like atop the list in terms of like directing quality, just from a technical standpoint, like the the direction and the writing and everything. So um yeah, she did a fantastic job with that. I hadn't heard that that she was working on Ahsoka, but uh that would certainly be an awesome get if she's directing any episodes of that series. Um, and I'm sure there'll be at least one or two that Dave directs himself as well. And obviously he's got a heavy involvement in that. So I'm not surprised that he's not doing any episodes of Mando this season. Um, but was a little surprised to not see, uh, see John Favreau directing one after, like, again, he did such a great job directing that premiere episode of season Ugh. two. Yeah, Ugh, um, So good. Well, it, I yeah. want to
0: talk, I, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating for me, was talking about the directors because you know they brought in someone new um you know obviously Bryce Dallas Howard which by the way you're not wrong that she that obviously that that fifth episode is is you know probably the best that she did for Book of Boba Fett but let's be real that's a Mando episode yeah Book of Boba Fett like give her credit she I thought she got the best performances out of all the actors and actresses um out of uh, honest, even over Robert Rodriguez,
1: which is oh you, wait, you're talking about Steph Green?
0: Well, I'm, no, I'm talking about Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, she gets the best episode. But Steph Green, if you talk, if you just count about the cast of the Book of Boba Fett, like that, that the regular cast, mm-hmm. I thought she got the best performances and tighter, the tightest of episodes, even above Robert Rodriguez. Like, no, yeah, that's you know? fair. Uh,
1: yeah, Steph Green directed the best Boba Fett episode of the Book of Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted—I I, figure you'd agree with that, but I just want to make that very clear. I, I yeah, I—I I just don't even count that. And that's—I know it's not necessarily fair, but I digress. Um, the directors I thought was interesting. Bryce Dallas Howard, I thought she's improving, and improving, and improving, and I thought she's obviously given us fantastic material. Um, again. Hopefully we don't get hallways like we did in, the, uh, or the big, you know, small little corridor hallways, I should say, like in the ship, uh, in her episode that she did, but, uh, for, uh, season two, but that's a great episode. Obviously the heiress is fantastic. Um, but that being said, <clears throat> um, I, I think that, uh, it was, a, the other, it was a, it was an unknown person or someone I don't know, recognize Bryce house Howard, obviously, um, you know, whatever, but Rick Famuyiwa that to me it got me really excited. And I, I, I think to me that's why you're not getting um uh Favro is because I think Favro and Filoni are they're because they're stretching out their universe more that one Favro is probably doing his you know he's like he's basically George Lucas of that center, right? That's essentially what he is. Him and Dave are both, you
1: know? Yeah. At, he and at, he and Dave are like the co George Lucas is, I would, yeah, call it, it's interesting. I would almost say more that I would, I would compare Dave more to George just because he worked directly with George and he's the well, fountain yeah, of star Wars. He's, but, he's the fountain of, he's the fountain of star Wars knowledge, but yes. But, like, but that, but the, but that special effects, effects
0: aspect is what Favreau knows that he does. So he has, true. a, and he has, and he's the leader. It's his, like, he's the one kind of leading everything. That's why I consider like they're both the George Lucas. You're right, but they're different aspects. Like, like they're basically if George Lucas is two different people, like
1: literally, yeah. like,
0: like you know, and, it's and almost so,
1: like you know what it is. It's like on Indiana Jones, they're like the Lucas and Spielberg. Amen. And, and, and Favreau is Spielberg, and George is, uh, is. George?
0: Yeah, that's a that is actually brilliant. That's perfect. Um, so that being said, the one thing I'm going to say is. Femi Yua is an executive producer. Remember they brought him on for like, he's so he's got a hand in the storytelling, which rightfully so like that dude is a baller. Love his stuff. Like I, every episode he's done, I've loved. I've never, it's like, yeah, give him everything in my opinion. And so the fact that he's an executive producer, I think that's why he's not directing because I think Femi Yua is probably like, he probably has more uh, control of like how they're telling the story. And so because of that, you know they're giving him, you know, obviously saying like you did a great job, you could, you know, do what you want. And I think doing three episodes is, is the right thing to do because he knows what he's doing, like <laughs> that guy is great. And so, um, yeah, I think that to me that that, that works. And I, I think obviously Dave doing full Philo- uh, Ahsoka, I, I think Favreau will come back when when they're getting closer to the end potentially. Um, you know, I think right again, it makes the most sense to me, but yeah, Rick, Rick I mean, you, uh, doing three episodes is huge because he's, yeah, he's an executive producer. So it probably, Wait, did be... they say
1: he's directing three episodes? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I mean, I did notice from this list of directors that like they only listed six. So obviously somebody's doing multiple because they always have eight episodes every season, but yeah, I don't remember hearing that he's directing three.
0: I thought maybe, maybe he's doing two, but he's at least doing. He, I thought he's doing three, but he, maybe he's only doing two. But
1: uh, I mean, if he and Bryce each do two, I would love that because hey, look, they've yeah, be they've both direct they've both directed some of my favorite stuff, you know, from the entire series. Yeah. So I think that would so, be perfect.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's really great. I'll, I'll go back to my. I'll, find, I'll try to find that tweet. I, I, I was from a credible source, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but let me check here. But yeah, I, I just think that Rick are doing three is. Huge and um let's see here. You're I, I don't know where I got three. I, my apologies. Um, I think I just saw three next to him in season three, and I'm like, oh, he's doing three episodes. But um <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think uh rick Famuyo is is huge. That that to me is what is I'm most excited about. Like Bryce Alice Howard, Rick Femiua. I mean honestly, I mean, I wouldn't be wouldn't be bummed out if this is those two, but obviously there's a lot going on in these episodes and Rick Rick is being an executive producer. has got a lot going on. So, um, you know, yeah, which again, I, I, I that gives me most confidence and probably his episodes are going to be probably the, the, not him and Bryce's episodes are probably going to be the most important ones. I'm assuming like, just like Dave and, uh, you know, and John that makes the most sense, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm most excited for his
1: to be honest. Yeah, I mean he's done some great stuff too. I forgot. Like I when I think of him I mostly think of um you know the believer from season 2 and then the the prison break episode he did from season 1. But I forgot he also directed the second episode of season 1 which is still like yeah. probably still in my top Phenomenal. 3 favorite Mandalorian yeah. episodes. That,
0: my daughter has made me watch that episode. She hasn't watched it in a long time now, but lord, we watched that probably 50 times. I'm not in like in a week. <laughs> wow. And I'm like and like wow. I love it. I almost, I almost got sick of it. Almost. But guys, you got to yeah. realize I watched that literally every day from like for a month.
1: Yeah. I've been telling people like, that's one thing I'm not looking forward to when we have kids is like when, uh, you know, when you introduce them to stuff that you love and then they love it so much that they want to just watch it on repeat until you're tired of it. And
0: it's like, yeah. okay, and, let's
1: watch something else now.
0: L- listen, and, and, but at the same time, even though I watched it 50 times, I marvel of how good it is it's so good it's so good yeah yeah.
1: no that's that's a great episode and yeah you're right I mean having Rick on as an executive producer having him potentially direct multiple episodes again we've got six directors we've got eight episodes we don't know how it's all going to be split up Uh, if you were to ask me you know what my preference would be I hope it's Rick and Bryce each getting two Um, but we'll see and I think that would be, you know, that would be plausible too. I mean, they've been, I mean, the, they're the only two that have been directing since season one. So like they've got the most experience at this point point. and Rick already did two episodes in season one. So I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, and then with the newcomers too, like, you know, I'm not super familiar with their work, but I know they've, you know, worked on some other, um, you know, critically acclaimed TV shows. So, um, you know, and they've done a great job of, picking good directors to come in in the past so i'm excited to see what these guys bring to the table um it's interesting too because you're talking about you know john kind of overseeing the whole thing and one thing i didn't think about is that you know obviously again we know dave is off directing ahsoka and that's it seems like that's kind of his show but i'm assuming like john is still acting as an executive producer on that show as well and then they also have skeleton crew which uh, John Watts is kind of running the show on that. But then you've also got, you know, Filoni and Faberac. I forgot about Skelter Crew. (laughs) Executive producers on that one as well. So John's got his fingers in a lot of pies just, you know, producing all these shows. So maybe that's why he was too busy to direct an episode this season. But um, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm sure his and Dave's influence will be felt throughout as well. Um, especially, you know, I mean, Dave is off doing Ahsoka and like, that's kind of his baby, but also now we're dealing directly with like the fallout of stuff that happened on Mandalore in like Clone Wars and Rebels and, you know, stories that Dave helped create. So I'm sure, uh, you know, he's still going to have a hand in the storytelling for this one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what all these guys bring to the table. Obviously, like I said, they do a great job. Um, you know, picking good talent to, to tell these stories every season. So looking forward to that, but um, let's break down, you know, again, obviously we're pretty much gone are the days that we go through a trailer, like shot by shot and talk about every little thing. Um, Unless there were to be like a new star Wars trilogy that's set another 30 years in the future. And it's another situation where it's like, Oh, we have no idea what to expect from this new era of star Wars. And we're going to dissect every little thing about how it looks and, you know, what we might be able to glean from it. Um, but I do want to kind of just talk about some highlights and some some exciting moments from this trailer, some of which we've seen already. Obviously, we know the stuff about Mando and the Starfighter and, you know, him traveling with Grogu and, uh, you know, more Mandalorians being involved in them going back to Mandalore and all that. Like, we saw a lot of that stuff in the the first trailer. Um, but, um, you know, the the thing I'll start with is an interesting theory that you had, Tim, uh, for yes. a, a familiar planet that we may be Hopefully. returning to. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you uh, give your speculation on that. Yeah, so
2: definitely one of the shots in the trailer that stood out to me is the shot of Mando and Grogu in the Nubu star, Starfighter. You see him in the cockpit, but it's like they're entering the atmosphere of a planet and it is pouring rain surrounding them. And I just can't help but think and wonder if they actually are going to Camino. And I know we were talking about this in a group text of the reasons why it could work and Paul, how you don't think that they have no reason to go there. But the way that even though we see um what is his name? Pershing, the, the cloner mm-hmm. in the first season, how he show he's gonna be in the season. They show him on the trailer on Coruscant. So there could be hints of them diving deep into the cloning technology and they still have that thread from the fourth episode of season two of those clone bodies that look very much like Snoke um, in those tubes in that episode. So I'm hoping at least one episode of the season dives into kind of more of the cloning aspect and who knows. And one of my things of thinking about as far as why they would go to Kamido or how they would know to go there. I mean, if Mando was able to show up in two episodes and, the book of Boba Fett, baby Boba Fett will show up in an episode here and kind of point them in the direction on how to get to Camino and Mm. what's uh, have him share his knowledge and experience living there um, through his youth. So I think there's definitely some avenues they can go to 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 have him go to Camino. We don't know the full story extent yet, but just seeing that one shot, I mean, how can you not think of Camino when you just see (laughs) pouring rainfall on a starship? So I think that would be amazing if we see Din and Grogu go to Camino and whether it's going to be investigating or exploring the wreckage of Topoka city. Now that we know what happened to it, as we saw on the bad batch and they need to get some critical information for the new Republic. Um, So there's just different ways they can or for reasons for them to go there. Or maybe it just has to do with, uh, you know, Grogu getting deep into why um, Moff Gideon wanted his blood. So, if all stems to the point because we know cloning is going to play is involved with it. So if there's a reason to go to Camino. It's definitely that. So that is just a cool surprise to get in this teaser or this trailer to where something we haven't seen before in, in any of the other teases to have a little glimpse of what could be Camino in. Uh, I'm really hoping it is because I would love to explore more of that in live action because just seeing it again, in the book of Boba Fett and the quick flashback shots we got, I just loved being back on there and to, and what the Bad Batch did with it was amazing. But again, to be there in live action and to kind of see the aftermath of what happened to Topoca City uh, from the Bad Batch in live action, I think would be really cool. So here's open. We'll see if they go down that route. But it was just a cool visual to see the Naboo Starfighter, Naboo starfighter entering an atmosphere of a planet in pouring rain, which hopefully is Kamino.
1: Yeah. And see, that's one of those things where, like, i didn't think of that the first time i saw it i mean my first thought was probably that like maybe this is just mandalore i mean it would make sense that if you're going to a planet that has these like you know it's the the bombed out ruins of your civilization that was obliterated just you know having it be storming when you go there for the first time just kind of fits thematically um and when you first said that like oh it could be camino i was like "Mm." that seems like it might be kind of a stretch like just because it's raining doesn't necessarily mean it's camino i don't know but you guys i've been feeling that way with the bad batch a lot where like every episode they go to a planet and it kind of looks familiar like a planet from the eu or something and i'm like oh is this this planet and it's like no it's like a completely (laughs) new planet that they made up like just because one thing looks similar doesn't mean it's always going to be a familiar planet yeah um i know camino's not the only planet with rain in there so (laughs) yes but the one thing that made me think not i I certainly don't think oh that's definitely camino like we don't have enough to go on because like you said any planet could have rain clouds um but the one thing that made me think oh there might be something to that is, um, gosh, I wish I remember where this was, but there was something I read recently and it was a, I think it was like an interview maybe on StarWars.com or some other entertainment site with someone involved in either The Mandalorian or The Bad Batch. I think it was The Bad Batch. I think it was something leading up to Bad Batch season two. But it was, they specifically talked about um, The Bad Batch connecting with other shows. And they mentioned that Uh, in in season one of the Bad Batch, like Nala Say is wearing like a patch on her outfit that is Mm -hmm. the same patch that Doctor Pershing wears on his outfit, and that that is not a coincidence. Um, Yeah. And at the time, I just assumed, oh yeah, well we kind of already know like Doctor Pershing and whatever he's involved in in the Empire has something to do with cloning, so it would make sense that maybe that has some kind of ties back to Camino. Didn't really think much of it in terms of like, oh, this is mind blowing or, oh, we're going back to Kamino or this is going to be this big thing. Like we'd kind of already made that connection. But then when you said that, it just made me think, oh, somebody did say that like there was an intentional connection between the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian. And maybe that connection is going to go deeper than we thought. And maybe they actually will go back to this planet and we'll see kind of some of that stuff. So Um, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like we were talking about in our text the other day, it's like, yeah, right now there's not really a story reason for it, but like, we don't know what kind of stories they're going to get into for this season. Um, so there very well could be a reason for that to happen at some point. So I, I, I think it's plausible, you know, it's like back in Mythbusters when they did, uh, you know, it'd be like busted, confirmed or plausible. I'm putting this one firmly in the plausible category. (laughs) I don't believe it is Camino, but I believe it could be. I'll take it, yes. <laughs> um, but then speaking of familiar planets, we also see Coruscant in the trailer. Yes. At least I'm assuming it's Coruscant. We also thought it was Coruscant in The Force Awakens. when Right, the planet maybe got it's blown Hosnian Prime. And I was like, <laughs> did they just blow up Coruscant right in front of us? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it could be Hosnian Prime or some other city planet, but it certainly has the look and feel of Coruscant. Oh, yeah. We see Dr. Pershing traveling in a speeder. We see... What looks like a Star Destroyer being, it certainly looks from the quick glimpse that we see of it in the trailer like it's under construction in a shipyard, but it also could be like an Imperial relic that's maybe, I mean, I say relic, they're only like five years old at this point, but you know, it could be a a former Imperial ship that's impounded or, um, you know, has been confiscated or something like that. Um, What's
2: weird about that shot, it wasn't part of the initial trailer when it was released and the one that's on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Because I first saw it when I watched the trailer on Disney+. And I saw that shot. Like, oh, that wasn't in (laughs) the what I watched on YouTube. So I don't know what the reason
1: is for that. But there are two different trailers out there. That's interesting. Because I also... Like I saw that that screenshot for the first time on Twitter and I was like I don't remember seeing that in the trailer but I guess I must have just missed it and then I went and watched the like I had watched the trailer on YouTube several times when it first came out and I checked to see if it was on Disney Plus um because even when they just put the trailers on Disney Plus like they're in 4K Dolby Vision and everything so yeah, like that's the, I think that's the best the best quality to watch those trailers in is on Disney Plus um but they didn't have it up yet so I, I just watched it on YouTube um, and then I saw that screenshot and then I just happened to watch the trailer later on Disney And I was like, Oh yeah, that scene is in there. So I didn't realize that there was a difference between the two. I just thought I had missed it the first time when I watched it on YouTube. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why there's a difference there. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, it, it looks like it's possibly being built on Corazon. Now this could be a flashback. This could be, you know, something else or whatever, um, or it could be a different planet, like we said, you know, but it certainly looks like the same planet that Dr. Pershing is on, which looks like Horus um, So some interesting stuff going on there. And then we also see uh, Carson Tiva, the uh, the New Republic pilot, talking to someone. We don't see who it is because we only mm-hmm. see his face as he's saying this line. And then it cuts to a shot of Din but he's clearly in a different location. It yeah. looks like he's in that palace or whatever that we saw him in with Bogotan in the first trailer. Um, so I think he's talking to some rebel or new Republic leader. Um, and, you know, we possibly, you know, it could just be a, a random pilot or something, but I mean, who knows, maybe we're going to get a cameo from Leia or Mon Mothma or somebody like that. Um and it certainly would be, wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to bring in Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma and have her be, you know, like the Chancellor of the New Republic or something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, he's saying something about, like, there's a greater threat out there that you're, you're not acknowledging or not wanting to face. And so we kind of get the sense that, you know, he's one of these early uh, people that breaks away from the New Republic to form the Resistance, Um so kind of cool to see like those seeds already being planted. And I like that, you know, I like that character and that actor. So I'm glad to see him back again, um, but really interested to see again, kind of where they go with that storyline. Obviously we know, we assume we know that Thrawn is coming back in the Ahsoka series and that there's going to be this big reemergent Imperial threat. And more and more, I I see people speculating that we're just going to get like a, an official Canon sort of retelling of heir to the empire with, mando and ahsoka and all these characters involved in it so and if that's the route they're going with it i mean i think it is looking more and more like that makes sense and i'm totally down for it so um i think that would be really cool but um yeah i don't know we'll see i don't obviously i don't think we're gonna see all of that come to fruition this season but i think we're gonna get some big hints and some big pieces moving and uh, that's gonna be really cool well, I think if we're going to get anything, it's
0: going to be probably in Ahsoka mostly, um, given what all the rumors have as far as if, you know, who's showing up in that season and and just where where Mando's at right now. And I think they're definitely headed towards that that idea, um, which is cool. And, and again, one of the things I think was really interesting about this trailer is, again, like there's lots of crazy shots, but, there's, but it's just, it's not, they're not like, they're not like, giving us like a tease of like, guess what's going to happen this year. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, it really is giving us just a really like, just kind of dabble of what, uh, of what we could expect. And I, and like, again, like I, my favorite shots are of the Mandalorians. I love the fact we're getting more Mandalorians and, you know, it definitely feels that like we're getting that live action or the empire adaptation ish uh, idea, you know? And, and again, like it, it does if that is the case guys, it's going to be very interesting if it's super huge what that does for Star Wars going forward and and, and how it presents the EU going forward too a little bit. Like maybe there's more to mind there than we realize. I, and now, another of the Empire is even though it's not my favorite personally, it's it is regarded as one of the better things of the EU, but it's interesting that I that you know remember Kathleen Kennedy being like, "We're kind of possibly, you know, you know you don't have anything to adapt to anything blah 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 blah. you know i mean again i I think that's one of the crazier things she's ever said but um that being said it it does show you that there is an adaptation idea and and honestly with the season three i think it's great because it's setting up your own mythology and they're not having to rest on that either it's so it's it's really fascinating what the mandalorian really it really is redefining star wars in my opinion i I don't think anything like obi-wan or andor mandalorian itself is is influenced and and change is changing star wars for for good and for the better in my in my opinion so lots of great stuff in there um you know i think the 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 shot of mandalore is the one that really i always go back to personally of like really affecting me and being like man we're gonna get mandalore like live action like not not just like mandalorians we're going to freaking mandalore like where it's been decimated um just that's just really cool i mean and like Think about this too, guys. Uh, Even after the Mandalorians done, they could do a whole series, just prequel series based on the fall of Mandalore. And you know what? (laughs) And you know what, guys? Like, it's probably going to be huge when they do it. Like, it's going to... I almost feel like it's going to happen. Like, I, I feel like... Or a movie of some kind, especially with, with, again, I don't want to get too heavy in the weeds here, but there's a lot going on with behind the scenes with Disney plus and, you know, Bob Iger and all that stuff that's returned and, and everything. And, you know, Disney plus is definitely, it, it's funny. We talked about that last episode, uh, you know, uh, Kyle about, you know, you, you could do three and actually, I think, you know, to me, it's like everything that I'm seeing now, it's evident. Like they're going to, they're going probably go two series a year. Because of how much money like they're losing in, in Disney Plus and everything, and how expensive it is, um, but I say all this because I'm like, you know, it makes me think about maybe this is what you know the balancing of of movies to film. Because we all know Marvel does tons of movies and film, it does make me think that like maybe we're going to see more Star Wars films, and maybe we're going to see that Mandalorian like ending of like the whole universe, that whole side of the story in a film or the idea of a prequel movie for the fall of Mandalore into a film. Cause that to me, that would be a huge film because now you've established the Mandalorians. Everyone loves Mandalorians, et cetera, et cetera. Fall of Mandalore in a, in a live action film in two hours, just full balls of the wall, you know, beautiful CGI all over the place on a live action screen. Yeah. Sign me up for that. I feel like we're going to get more of that potentially opposed to just throwing it on Disney plus. Cause we need to put, you know, more stuff on there i don't know It just it feels like we're headed down that road again maybe potentially and i'm all for it and i think prequel series there's a little bit we've seen in this trailer I, that's why i also set this up from this trailer fall of mandalore like i would love to see that on a live action screen with full on like no holds barred like cgi beautiful you know uh, cgi and uh animation so we'll see but yeah mandalore all that mandalorian mandalore stuff is what i really was like trying to jazz me up i i can't wait for that
2: yeah, and plus um the fall of Mandalore or the Night of Unnumbered Tears, where like it's such a big event in Mandalore history, it's almost like we gotta see that play out on screen. Kind of like how we always kept talking about the Siege of Mandalore. Like it wasn't being told in the books or comics. Like it's such a big event that we have to see it on screen. And it's kind of almost the same thing where if we're ever gonna they're gonna tell that story in full, it has to be something we see on screen. So hopefully that will be
1: the case. I'm but, gonna do you guys one better. I think because I, I I do agree with you. Once this whole thing you know plays out, like you said, they're they're building this all towards a big culmination thing. That maybe could be a movie that ends this whole sort of Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Thrawn, Boba Fett, all that stuff. Um, as far as the fall of Mandalore, like the initial fall of Mandalore in this time period that leads to Bo-Katan losing the dark saber and stuff, we've already seen a flashback of the night of a thousand tears. We've seen the destruction of Mandalore. Um, and, you know, we know they're not above using flashbacks in these shows, so I think there'll be more flashbacks to come. Maybe we'll see a flashback of a, a battle between bo and Moff Gideon or something like that. But I just think with with everything in Rebels leading up to that point, and now with Mando seeing the aftermath and knowing how it ended, and then potentially seeing more flashbacks that would actually show us parts of that story, I don't know that there's enough dramatic meat there to do a whole prequel series like a movie maybe but like for me i think i would rather see a movie about other stuff where we don't already know how it ends movie maybe what like no 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 because hear me out hear me out All
0: all right all right all right
1: now that they've got this built up interest in mandalorians if they wanted to to build off of this and do another series about mandalorians or do films about mandalorians Don't waste your time doing it just about the fall of Mandalore when we already know what happens. We already know where it's going. Do go back to the old Republic and do the original Mandalorian Wars between the Mandalorians and the Jedi that leads to Revan and all that stuff from KOTOR, but also that we've had, you know, Kanan name dropped it in rebels and said, you know, the, the Mandalorians lost the war against the Jedi. And so like, we know that some of this stuff is canon. Um, so I'm just saying if they're if they're going to springboard kind of off of the popularity of the Mandalorian and do other Mandalorian focused movies or shows or something, I would rather them do that and and go to a new time period where we've got armies of Mandalorians fighting armies of Jedi and you can do whole new characters and storylines and stuff versus a story based around one event where again, it's a big event that we haven't seen play out, but it's different from the Siege of Mandalore because it's like, at this point, we know how it goes. Heck, we saw the night of a thousand tears. We saw Mandalore get bombed to oblivion. So it's like, how much more story can you really add to I, that, already knowing how it ends? Like what the big well, finale is going to be.
0: And the thing is too, I, and I've said before too, I, I've said like they if 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 Lucasfilm was really on top of it, they'd be developing a uh, a Knights of Old Republic movie right now with with obviously with mandalorians as like as like side characters as like as a build-up to like having like that sequel film be just mandalorians versus jedi and, and and like building up towards that where people would lose their goddamn mind i've said that before i mean that is printing money um and you know to me yeah i, I think there the, the time when lucasfilm decides to do a Mandal- mandalorians versus jedi movie it's going to it's going to be gigantic. It'll be borderline return of episode 7 episode 1. Borderline. Like not quite not there, but it's going to be in the vicinity. Like in yeah. that like if if, if they're 10s, if 1 and 7 are 10s, it'll be like a 7.5. Like not quite a 10, but people are gonna be jazzed up and it's gonna like get people excited so and if you started off a first movie a franchise of, of knights of old republic with them versus mandalorians that wouldn't be a bad thing either i think you probably should develop that a little bit and just throw it out there but that's again you don't want to green lantern either right tim so i mean uh <laughs> yeah you know, it, it's, it's a give and a take but but yeah i agree with you but the one thing i would say i i, I would i would i'd push back a little bit the advantage you have with the night of thousand tears you don't have to it's there's no setup you could just go into it and do a one and done like a rogue one right you don't have to do like a sequel it could be like listen we could put it all on the table and have a big old war epic in star wars and, and you get to see destruction and you see like you get to have the empire in it like again you see those empires versus versus the mandalorians so you're tapping into the nostalgia it, there's there's a lot of i think uh good stuff that you could do and and market to people that's gonna have something for everyone with that and i think rogue one shows that people like the action-packed stuff like it and you can bring the families to it not go crazy like you know full-on it's all it is an action movie but i mean i take that but but you get what i'm saying there is there is something you could do with that one kind of one and done film with the night of a thousand tears and have it be a very marketable profit. Super huge. Star Wars films are always going to be profitable, even Solo. You know, you heard me. uh But <laughs> that being said, I, I do think there's. This is like a a more of a safer bet, and by doing the Night of a Thousand Tears, in my opinion.
1: Well, here's hoping we get both eventually. <laughs> fair, years from now. There. Yeah, I mean, look, I would not be mad about it. I just, I don't see there being, by the time The Mandalorian is done and they've explored even more of that backstory than what we've seen already, I don't see there being enough new story left for them to do a whole movie or series around. But I could be wrong, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like, I mean, for me, I would rather kind of see them focus their their attention in other areas when like, again, they're already telling us this story. They introduced that concept in the Mandalorian. Then they showed us flashbacks of it in Book of Boba Fett. And I'm sure it's going to have, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to get that a lot more fleshed out in Mando season three. Um, but a couple other things I wanted to mention from the trailer. Um, one big thing is the, uh, the Jedi sequence. You know, we're seeing yes. um, more of presumably Grogu's flashback into order 66. Um And it's just one shot of like Jedi in the temple with their lightsabers ignited and there's a closed door at the end of a hallway and it looks like someone's cutting through the door. Um, So and, you know, I've seen a lot of people speculating, like, are we going to see Hayden Christensen have a cameo in The Mandalorian, you know, seeing more of him as Anakin in this Order 66 (laughs) sequence? I think it's very possible. I still I hope Anakin isn't the one who rescued Grogu. Um, No, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It could be... It could be somewhere like he
2: was close to killing Grogu, and then it gets revealed who was the Jedi who actually saved Grogu and got him out, was able to do something to get Grogu out of there safely. But maybe Anakin was the one who was going to be that close to killing Grogu.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it'll be... I don't think they would – see, I don't think they would do a familiar Jedi. I was thinking, you know, maybe it could be like Terra Sanube or somebody like that. Um, but I don't think that would resonate, you know, much with the, you know, the casual fans. Even though we did see Terra Sanube in Obi-Wan, um, you know, down in the Inquisitor's, like, trophy hall. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe it would be cool if it was like the Grand Inquisitor back when he was still a Jedi because we don't know at what point he, you know turned to the dark side and everything. but I think you know, there's a possibility that they could do something where maybe it's like a known character uh, or even a new character, maybe like some some early form of an inquisitor or something who was like with Anakin at the temple and we just didn't know that part of the story up to this point. Or it could just be, you know, it could be a familiar Jedi. It could be a new Jedi character. Um, it could be Anakin. I hope it's not Anakin, but like, I mean, I guess there's a way you could make that make sense too, to, to show that like, you know, with this being right after he pledged his loyalty to city is like, yeah, he was willing to kill kids, but maybe he wasn't willing to kill all of them. Maybe he had mercy on Grogu and hid him away or something, but like, it Mm. wouldn't really make sense within his story arc in episode three. So. Yeah. I kind of hope they don't go that route. Um, But regardless, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, we we saw that in uh, started seeing that in the book of Boba Fett. I wonder what context that's going to be in, because, uh, you know, it was Luke who kind of helped him tap into those memories. So I don't know if we're going to see another like if we'll see Luke again this season or another Jedi or somebody who's going to, you know, kind of help Grogu connect with those memories or if it's just going to be something we'll see like within his own mind. Um,
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because I, Luke probably kind of opened the door, so to speak, for him to remember and to do that. And now he's probably able to do that on his own. And the more he remembers or connects with the Force to help him remember exactly what happened. And that's how we're going to get the reveal of what actually happened during that sequence. But Yeah,
1: maybe we'll see him meditating now that he's yeah, like having exactly, a little bit of like Jedi that. training.
2: Mm-hmm. And it, it's just awesome that we continue to get more of the Attack of the Jedi Temple during Order 66 when after Revenge of the Sith, we just thought, oh, that's it. We just got a quick glimpse. I mean, seeing the Jedi Temple destroyed and attack is such a, obviously, a big moment in Star Wars history Just to kind of just get a very quick snippet of it in Revenge of the Sith was always a part of me that was a little disappointed with that. Even when I first saw it, I would love to see more of that sequence. But now, all these years later, the fact that we got the small tease in the Book of Boba Fett and then we saw a big portion of it at the beginning of Obi-Wan and now that it's going to continue to peel the layers back on Grogu's memory of that event in the Mandalorian season three is just awesome. So, I mean, that was one of the biggest surprises in the trailer for me is just seeing that, um, not necessarily expecting to see that flashback sequence again. Um, I mean, I think it would have gotten revealed who saved Grogu, but I wasn't necessarily sure if we'd actually seen it in a flashback or not. So the fact that it looks like we are in the season is just, Really cool, and just the fact that we're going to get another look of at the attack of the Jedi Temple in another Star Wars series is just awesome. And plus, more clone troopers probably we're going to see come through that door, so that's mm-hmm. always a win. So it's just awesome that we have that to look forward to in season three.
0: Well, and and one of the things that I I love that we're we're going to be getting more of Grogu's origin, which I think I still think that his future is in the Jedi you know, and, and Ahsoka, Kyle, um, you know, and so here we go. I gotta go back into it. So, um, <laughs> but listen, 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 Linda, listen. I, I I just think that with, I, I think that he, his future is still that. Um, and I'm excited about that. And I think that it'll be, I can't wait to see more of his origin because I think I, I'm I'm one of those people. I, I think Tim, you're anti this, but I I am I'm maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I like getting secrets when they get revealed. I like I want to know what Yoda species is. Oh um, no,
2: I'm totally on the same page as you. Oh know. yeah, I, I've I, been I forgot I, 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 I didn't. That.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know if you were with her or again. I and you were you weren't in the middle. you were one of one of the other. I yeah. We got to see. I, I want to see you know these things come in. I want to see you know what where grogu come from comes from and what that means for yoda species and mm-hmm. and what that represents for learning more about yoda i i'm not i've never been one for like let's keep everything a secret like secrets are dumb like i want to know what's going on like i'm sorry like Agreed. especially when you, well especially when you have someone like as big as yoda like where does he come from like he's obviously an established alien so he's gotta come from somewhere you know <laughs> so i mean it, i don't know i i I really do hope that this is the start of revealing what his background is and what we can learn from him. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I, I'm super excited to see what this could mean for uh, Yoda and Grogu because I, I do I do want to see more of that species. I, I love the Yoda species and Grogu species, and I think baby, uh, baby, sweet baby Yoda, Grogu is a great example of why people there's, there's something about how he connects you know to everyone so let's uh let's get more of that species shall we huh huh
1: yeah see uh, i'm no. more on the side of yeah, keeping you're no, a mystery you're no fun it's, you're no fun police it's <laughs> just one of those things that like I don't know. It's one of those mythic archetype kind of things where it's just like, you don't need to know everything about that character. Like the mystery is part of the character. And I, here's the thing. I think Dave feels the same way because I think, you know, like he's talked about this in interviews or in like the Mandalorian art books and stuff. Like he was initially very hesitant. Like, I think Grogu was, was John's idea. And Dave was like, I don't know about that. Like George was always very adamant that like, but Yoda look, what happened should should remain a mystery. That's the thing. Um, it's maybe that changed some things. Well, I'm just saying. I don't think. I don't think he would ever be willing to fully kick down that door. I think he'd be willing to crack it open a little bit. I think we'll get. I mean, I, honestly, in terms of like mysteries revealed and stuff, I'm more interested in just knowing like where like like Grogu's full backstory who rescued him from the Jedi Temple where's he been between now and Order 66 I'm more interested in knowing more about him as a character as opposed to like oh I hope this leads us to learning about you know the planet of the Yoda people Um, because I don't necessarily care about that I mean you know we also have Yaddle like we know that there's more of them out there and since Grogu was a, a youngling in the temple, like presumably he just came to the temple as a baby. So it's not like there's some big mysterious story about yeah, how we he know. got to the Jedi temple in the first. We episode. don't know.
0: Yeah. It, it, Listen, it doesn't I...
1: need to be necessary.
0: All right. I, I, I'm going to say one last thing and I'll, I'll shut up about this for at least tonight, at least tonight, but not, uh, no promises for later, but I want to say this and, and, and Tim, you're going to love this. I'm going to throw some Marvel stuff at you in a second. Back in the day, Kyle, before Marvel was Marvel, and you only had a few X-Men films coming out, and X-Men, Hugh Jackman was the face of Marvel, the Marvel Universe, you could say. Um, at, there was a time where Wolverine's origin was not known, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Kyle, believe it or not, sir. And a lot of people thought, as you did, as you can't tell Wolverine, Wolverine mystery, blah 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 blah. blah. And the and, and you know what? I, I say that in jest. I, I don't. I mean that in joke for you, Inver. I mean, it's still the no fun police, but I digress. Um, the thing is, Joe Quesada, Tim, he said this, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh, and I think you're gonna know exactly. You're gonna be like, "Yep, you're right." Here's the thing: Do you keep it a mystery and be like, "You know what? We're just gonna keep it a mystery. I don't I don't care about it." And you know what's gonna happen when he leaves? They're gonna tell someone eventually is gonna tell where Yoda came from. You're not gonna be able to keep that secret forever it's just not going to happen it's eventually going to happen and what Joe Quesada said to the writers at Marvel because everyone was like nope we're not doing it we're not going to tell Wolverine's origin no one wanted to touch it and he sat down with a group of editors and all the people like no 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 you can't do it you know what he told them if we don't tell the story of Wolverine Hollywood will Mm. and they're going to ruin it and I was like yeah he's right and you know what? It's not what they did. wasn't perfect, but it's developed. And I think it's a pretty interesting, and I, I think it's, it's accepted now. Like no one like says it's terrible. It's accepted and it's it's, it's not bad. It's, it's decent. It's good. And I think the same thing should happen. I think the same thing could happen or should happen or will happen for Yoda and Grogu now because... Yeah, because... If Gro- yeah, go ahead, Tim.
2: I'm sorry, Paul. I'll just to piggyback no, off that. Please, if please. they're going to tell that, you want it to be well, like Dave Filoni and John Favreau <laughs> to be the ones. Oh-
0: it wh- oh, why G- honestly while and it, not to be morbid here but while george is alive and has insight
2: sure yeah um, totally yeah,
0: yeah. It, and i i think i honestly think that that's why you do it you don't let someone else do it because it's gonna happen like yeah right now it's 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 new you know, yeah, it's gonna happen like you're gonna you're gonna get it like it's maybe not next year maybe 20 years from now when we're all super old and i'm almost dead but it's gonna happen Like someone's going to have the authority to tell they're going to tell a story. And you know what? I'd rather have it come from Dave Filoni, John Favreau and George Lucas. So just keep that in mind, star warriors. Think about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I'm just, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I would be okay with them never telling that story. I think it's, it's one of those, I don't know mysteries like that just add to the the magic of the star Wars universe, I think. Um, but I do think, well, like I said, I, you know, maybe we'll get some more insight into that this season, but like I said, I'm more interested in the story of, of Grogu himself, um, learning more of his backstory and then seeing his development forward as well. And I mean, we even see more of that in the trailer, you know, the last thing that you see in here is like, Looks like maybe they're on either in the ruins of Mandalore or maybe on some other planet with some kind of cave that they're in, and and Grogu's floating out in his new little carriage thing, um, and some monster jumps down in front of him, and then you just see the thing flying backwards out of the cave, and Grogu coming out, you know, using the Force to hold him back, and uh, you know, again, seeming more more developed, more powerful than we've seen him so far before more in control of his powers after training with Luke. Um, I know I actually just recently rewatched again, the uh, Disney gallery for the book of Boba Fett. And uh, you know, there's a cool thing in there where Robert Rodriguez talks about in the finale, you know, so he did some intentional things with wanting to show Grogu kind of more in control of his powers after training with Luke. And so when he's like using the force to calm the rancor, like he keeps his eyes open which is the first time that we've ever seen him do that while using the force. Usually he's got his eyes closed. And so, uh, yeah. And, and again, we see him doing that here at the end of this. So I think we're going to see him, you know, continue to grow, be more powerful. Uh, I wonder if we're ever going to hear him talk for the first time or like, you know, how much we're going to see Grogu just like grow his, his physical development, like by the end of this show, but probably um,
0: when he, he'll probably talk more when he trains with Ahsoka. Right. (laughs)
1: yeah whenever that happens um but a couple other cool things in here there's a shot of uh a mandalorian gauntlet fighter being like chased through a canyon by a bunch of tie interceptors and again that's just like one of those cool star wars things you know with two really cool ships mashed together it's like i never thought we'd see an action scene with these two things um And, uh, you know, this, it looks like they're on, I don't know, this looks like probably some kind of new planet. It looks like something similar to like Taco Donna where there's like mountains and water and stuff. Um, but, uh, at one point, you know, they, they go low and chase the thing through this Canyon and the the gauntlet fighter turns on its side and its wing is like skimming the water and stuff. So like, that's going to be a really cool scene. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, lots of stuff with with Mando, with new Mandalorians. Um, there's a cool line at the beginning with him talking about, uh, you know, he says our people are st- scattered like the stars in the galaxy. And he's asking about, like, you know, who are we? What do we stand for? Like, what's our purpose? So I'm really interested to see not just, you know, learning more about, like, the history of Mandalore and the Purge and, and all that kind of stuff, but also seeing kind of um, – what they do going forward like and what is going to be sort of their their new identity in this galaxy especially if din is going to kind of take up the the mantle of like hey i've got the dark saber i'm going to go to mandalore like be forgiven for my sin of taking my helmet off and i think i hope we get to a point where it's not so much just him being like oh i need to be forgiven for my transgressions and and sort of be reinitiated into this clan that i grew up in but maybe something where he evolves his view of like what it means to be a Mandalorian. Maybe it's not, Oh, I don't have to keep my helmet on all the time, but it's, you know, being a, a leader to my people and, and, you know, being this courageous warrior who stands up for people in need and, and you know, defends people and defends the galaxy against this new rising Imperial threat and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe over the course of the season, his, his views will change and maybe it'll go from just, Oh, I need to, to redeem myself back to being, you know, my original view of a Mandalorian to maybe changing into something else. Um, but we do see, you know, even in these early shots in the trailer, he's with a bunch of Mandalorians who are all wearing different kinds of armor. So it's not just um, certainly not just bo group because they seem to all be kind of like the blue clad ones. Um but maybe he's gone out and found some other Mandalorians like himself who are kind of, you know, wanderers or without a clan or something. And maybe he's going to rally them all to take on the empire or take back their homeland or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of room for, you know, great character development just for din within this season. And of course, you know, his relationship with Grogu and with the other Mandalorians and all this kind of stuff along with all the, the big story stuff that's going on. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff here. I absolutely cannot wait for this season to start. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one heck of a ride.
2: Yeah, and speaking of the Mandalorians, the other big moment from the trailer, and we've got a glimpse of it before in the teaser and what we shown at Celebration, but that group of Mandalorians that's coming out of that dropship and they're going into this big battle in the city. And from this trailer, maybe I missed it in the other ones, but this is the first time where I realized, oh, they're actually fighting on Navarro here. And yeah. When I saw that, I was made me think, are they actually like attacking? Uh, are they searching for Din? Because we obviously we see Paz Vizsla at the forefront with his big Gatling gun shooting. So as and we know how they didn't leave at the best of terms, as we saw in the Book of Boba Fett episode. So it just makes me wonder is Paz did he find another like clans of Mandalorians that he's brought together to try to find Din to get the Darksaber back? Um, to for, where he really feels he should be the one to lead the Mandalorians and become, man, like, the to rule Mandalore again, and he's attacking Jin or Din and Grogu here on Navarro, and is Din going to have to kind of combat him with his own group of Mandalorian forces that we see in the first shots of this trailer that you're talking about, Kyle? But it just made me think that um, maybe they're not, working with Din here like these aren't the same Mandalorians that we see him with at the beginning of this trailer maybe we're going to see two different factions here or at the same time it could be the opposite maybe um, they're defending Navarro from attack on some pirates or whatnot but I I think it'd be kind of more interesting though if they're are at odds with each other and they kind of come to blow again Din and Paz Vizsla but they kind of have help or like they have a small army uh, to back them up this time so maybe we'll kind of see like a little Mandalorian Civil War play out this season. I don't know, but that's the first time where I actually realized, oh, they're on Navarro here and that's Paz Vizsla. And he wasn't too happy with Din at the last time we saw him. So this made me think of the possibilities of maybe we're going to see them come to blows in a different way this time, where we saw it was just one-on-one in that duel they had for the Darksaber. But now it'll be them against what their Mandalorian followers followers fighting against each other. So it should be interesting to see what exactly that whole action sequence is going to be about once we see it. But boy, does it look awesome <laughs> just seeing a bunch of Mandalorians in action, um, just using all their abilities we know that that army has on display. So it should be a really cool sequence, but I'm just really curious to see the reasoning why they're there and uh, the purpose of the battle that they're in.
1: Yeah, I'm like split 50-50 on whether I think it's Paz Vizla. And I, I don't maybe he's like led this Splinter group, or maybe he's working on behalf of the armor, or maybe their group joined up with Bogotan, or you know, maybe it's it, it, like it could be him with some group of Mandalorians that doesn't like Din and is there looking for him and you know they're there to basically conquer Navarro. Or you know, I mean, the the guys that we see them fighting, it's hard to tell if those are supposed to be good guys or bad guys. You know, we see a, yeah. a shot of a Mandalorian with, like, a, a whipcord kind of thing, you know, pulling down a um, – uh, I think it's, like, a weak way or something. And he lands right in front of a busted window in front of those little Babu Frick guys. And they're like, hey, hey! Yes. Um, <laughs> we knew we were going to see those guys in this season, but I didn't – I think this is the first time we kind of got it confirmed that, like, that's going to be on Navarro. So uh, that'll be fun. But – um Yeah, it's hard to tell if those are good guys or bad guys that they're fighting. It's like, are they fighting the citizens of Navarro? Or does Navarro get invaded by pirates or something, and then the Mandalorians come to help them out? So, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to tell. Although I will say it would be kind of a... I don't know, maybe like a thematic twist that like the last time we saw a a big group of Mandalorians jump into action on Navarro, it was them coming to save Din. And now maybe this time they are coming to, you know, the the tables have turned and they're coming against him instead of just sort of repeating that story beat of like, oh, it's Din being saved by Paz Vizsla and the Mandalorians again. Um, So that alone maybe is making me, lean more towards them being the bad guys in this situation, but Damn, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, lots of cool stuff. There was there any, any other specific moments you guys wanted to point out before we move on?
2: That was the last big one for me. And but another small thing, but that droid bar looks pretty cool so oh I yeah, I was gonna mention that other droids
1: also, I think we might have already mentioned it, but you know, seeing Pelimoto again and uh putting our you know the r five droid in um in the slot on din Starfighter. Um, and we did see in the first trailer, there's like, you know, some sort of space battle action scene. So maybe his ship gets a little banged up and he realizes like, oh, I don't have anybody to fix this. Or like it might actually help to have an astromech droid up here to like do repairs mm. on the fly. And so then, yeah, maybe that'll be like in the first episode. And then he goes back to her and kind of comes full circle on his whole I don't like droids thing. Where at first he's like, no droids touch my ship whatsoever to then... Okay, fine. You can let your droids fix the Razor Crest. To then he's building the Mandalorian or the, the Naboo Starfighter with, you know, Peli and all her droids. And, you know, the little BD droid is helping him out and they're being buddies. To now him being like, all right, fine, give me a droid. Like, I realize it's going to help me out. So um, that'll be fun. Although I will say, I wanted to bring this up just as a a small little gripe. Like I love all the familiar character appearances and stuff in this show. Obviously Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and Boba Fett and all that is awesome. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, why do we have to keep going back to Tatooine? Like I don't mind seeing familiar planets or anything like that. But the fact that this is like the same droid that Luke almost bought that had a busted motivator, like the fact that this is now going to be Mando's droid, like that does nothing for me. Like, <laughs> that teeter that's that's just one of those things where like it doesn't bug me necessarily but it's like okay th- we don't wee-oo, need that the no phone um, police is here kyle it <laughs> <to take laughs> away. Oh. Wee-oo, wee-oo. I don't, maybe it's just because i've never had like a, an emotional attachment to that droid it's just kind of like okay yeah it's, it's his motivator blue like i had no emotional attachment to that it's kind of like in um you know obviously there's a lot of fun cameos and callbacks and stuff in Rogue One, and I love most of them. But when they bump into Dr. Evazon on Jeddah, I'm like, that's a completely unnecessary cameo. Like, because then you have to rationalize yeah. how he got off of Jeddah right sure. before it blew up sure, and ends have, up, and, no ends up in ends up in Moss Isley a inside, week later. We're in a
0: raid of police. <laughs> no fun I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That like,
2: one I that. will I will agree with you on that one, Kyle. Nah.
1: That one. So this, that one still- this, to, this to me feels a little bit on that same level. Plus people, you know, people always complain like, oh, when you see all these familiar characters and stuff, like it makes the galaxy feel small. And to me, Mando owning the same astromech droid that Luke Skywalker almost bought when it, he bought R2-D2 instead. I don't, But still, it's like, that is one of those things that like, it doesn't ruin the story for me by any stretch, but it does make the galaxy feel a little bit smaller and it doesn't really add anything to the story. Like that easily but could wait, be a you different don't know. You, don't, you haven't seen the show yet, so you don't know. Heck, I would hope. I mean, if, I wish instead of putting the astromech droid in there, I wish they kept just the little bubble cockpit and he kept the BD droid in there. That's what I want, just because <laughs> I love that thing. And I you want me to fair. Do You it. Know, that's can't, fair.
2: That's, that's fair. Can't you just be happy that R5-D4... Is getting yeah some action after what he went through in A New Hope, being so close to getting owned, and then basically <sighs> well, a the base. Well, and he's basically <laughs> sensitive. He's a force-sensitive
0: droid.
1: <laughs> Wait, have you okay. not read from a certain point of view? I, I i've heard go. that but like i put no stock in that like the, he, he, the, I the, thing, the fact yeah, that there's this one he's random and it's like oh his motivator blue and luke didn't end up buying him and it's like okay now let's turn this Dude, into this big thing where actually he was force sensitive and then we're gonna bring him oh, back he, in mando i'm like it's just he, a busted he's droid. a jedi like, knight he bro he's a jedi knight <laughs> okay okay um yeah, that, that doesn't do anything for me. Because I've
2: always had a soft spot you, for R5-D4. If you D4 Camel, because then
1: more power to you.
2: I always had a soft spot for R5-D4 because back in the Power of the Force line was first coming out, like 96, 97, they had this new wave of figures that were that like the green carded, the green card instead of the orange cards. And they were like, really couldn't wait to get them. And they were so rare to find at stores. And the first one I found was an R5-D4 in that packaging. And when I got it, I was so excited and i always nice. liked that droid. <laughs> so i've said a See that's for fair. See happy that for R5. you you've got a reason to be happy to
0: see him in the show. And like all everyone else who loves him. It's a lot of people, homie. Yeah,
2: which is
1: like <laughs> if it is good for them, i'm just not one. Wow. Of them.
2: Let's start but, the R5 uh, D4 appreciation
1: podcast. I know, it? Let's do it. I do it. <laughs> um But uh, yeah, and then you mentioned the droid bar too, and it looks like, I I don't know if this is also on Navarro with the little, uh, the Anzellans, is that what they're called? The little Babu Frick guys? Um, I don't see any in that shot, but it would make sense that like, you know, we know that at least Babu Frick is good at working on droids. Um, But it looks like, I mean, we've got B1 battle droids in here, which that's going to be another fun little cameo um to see those guys in live action again i'm sure they're gonna bring matt wood back and have them with clone wars voices so that'll
2: that, that'll be a bit of a trip to see them the live action battle droids with the clone wars style voice by matt wood being the more comical versions <laughs> because yeah. we're just so used to how they talk in the prequels. well now the super battle droids in episode three kind of talk the same way so
1: <laughs> see that's the one th- I, I'm I, I could go off on a whole tangent about battle droids but like because obviously in episode one they're all roger roger yeah by episode three they sound goofy and then they kept making them sound goofy in clone wars i just hate that in revenge of the sith the super battle droids also sound goofy i'm like make the weak skinny ones sound goofy and then make the big ones more intimidating and they did that in clone wars but in revenge of the sith when it's like you stupid little (laughs) astro droid and it's like that doesn't match a big intimidating super (laughs) battle droid um but i digress um but yeah it'll be fun to see those guys again in there um and yeah just lots of other cool you know mando and jedi and all this other kind of stuff in this trailer so i think we've hit pretty much all the the big points unless there was anything else you guys wanted to point out but um yeah we i mean it's crazy that this is coming out in a month and a half um so i that's going to be here before you know it especially with new episodes of bad batch every week and uh you know, Jedi survivor to look forward to and all this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, before you know it, we'll be doing our review episode for the first couple episodes of Mando season three. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we hit all the big points on Mando. Obviously we're all really excited for for the trailer, for the new season. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Let's also talk about the, uh, well, the, the ongoing star Wars series, aside from the one we have to look forward to. Uh, the Bad Batch, which premiered at the beginning of the year and we're now four episodes into already. Um, we've got uh, what the first two episodes are were like Spoils of War and was it Ruins of War or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Solitary Clone and then this week's episode, which was faster. Um, which and, was a missed uh, opportunity
2: where it should have been title faster more intense but yeah and i wonder if
1: that was like a subtle nod if they kind of figured like oh the hardcore fans will just fill in the blanks on that one it should have been a two-part episode where one the first one was called faster and the second one was called more intense yeah,
2: that, um, would have been, that would have been a nice wink
1: yeah but uh yeah no, so so what we're gonna do for now since we already we're trying to keep our episodes a little bit shorter and a little bit more frequent as opposed to doing like a four hour episode once a month so we're not going to go super deep on these bad batch episodes and then um we'll record again in a couple weeks if we've got any any big news to talk about by then we'll talk about that if not we'll kind of just do a more of a deep dive episode on like the first six or whatever episodes of bad batch that we're up to by that point um but i do want to kind of quickly just address you know overall impressions so far how we're liking the series you know thoughts on it just as it's kind of kicking off our year of star wars content so how are you guys liking bad batch season two so far
2: yeah i'm really enjoying it so far just so glad to have it back and the first two episodes it was a good solid premiere to get us back in the groove of the bad batch. Um, they weren't mind-blowing episodes but just a great start to the season with a good story as the main plot and some cool action. Um but you know it was missing something and that was crosshair. But boy did they make up for that in the episode following of those two with the solitary clone which is an amazing episode and I can't wait to kind of go deep into that one in our next one but that is probably already my favorite Episode of the entire series so far, and just in the themes that I explored, the action that we got, it felt like a classic clone centric episode of the Clone Wars that Mm -hmm. you know I love so much. And they just knocked it out of the park on every level, so that was great. And then you get something totally different this past week with Faster, but yet it's a really fun episode that is just a really great way to spend some 20 minutes in the Star Wars universe in a different avenue of the Star Wars universe, with not pod racing. Um, but what was the term of it again? Riot uh, racing. Riot racing. There you go. Um, pod racing where cool. your
1: entire ship is one component and you can shoot at other people.
2: Right. <laughs> and I was thinking, it's like, we've, it's been so long since we've gotten a new pod racing game. I mean, we, we were hoping for one once they announced the whole EA deal back 10 years ago now mm-hmm. and we got nothing except the remaster of the classic one which is still fun to play but if we're not going to get a new pod racing game uh, let's get a riot racing game because i think that could be really fun <laughs> with some of the weapons and stuff you could put on your vehicle uh, to have it be similar to pod racing but give it a little more action to it so just a little cool new way that um they're adding to that aspect of sport racing and star wars was cool so yeah i'm just really digging the season so far we're getting some fun stuff we're getting some deep meanie stuff and character-driven stories um, with the clones and the avenue i just love that they keep exploring the future of the clones and how they're adapting to uh the empire and how the empire is treating them and the kind of the rift between the recruitments and the clones that we're slowly seeing build so i just love all that stuff and what it dove into on the solitary clone but then also those fun episodes with just the main group of the bad batch is just as great as ever. So yeah, the the season is off to a great start so far and just looking forward to what's to come next. And just, as I said before, looking forward to March 1st, where not only do we have the Mandalorian to look forward to, but also the bad batch on the same night. I can't wait to have a few glorious weeks where we get to enjoy a double dose of star Wars every Wednesday, but it's off to a great start right now. I'm super happy with it.
0: Is, is March 1st a Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Boop, go back to Friday
1: <laughs> I know so unfortunately uh, it's not ending anytime soon I yeah I wish they would but
0: I don't I just I, I uh, anyway um yeah and I I honestly can't wait to to, to dive deeper because I do think these episodes a lot of them need to be uh di- you know just kind of di- analyze a little bit further right one of the things that I think this season I I'm already uh I think I like the CD over city the city si- the season overall a little bit better already than last season i think last season was was fun and had some great moments but i, I think we're getting some good character development and i can't wait to get into it um i don't know like it, anime the Wars animation just it feels right you know it just feels right mm. to me you know getting tales of the jedi and bad batch season two and bet again, again episode four i was i was kind of in, in, anticipating a little bit of a letdown because i but i gotta tell you i really enjoyed it like i'm like man this is a pretty fun episode like and i say all that because obviously we're dancing around a little bit because for our next episode but uh solitary clone is is a, is a maybe the greatest of all time for bad batch and, and maybe one of the top five animated episodes ever um we'll dive deeper into it but that was a phenomenal episode and it really felt in this it what I, this is what i would say a little bit i i feels like it's more in the spirit of the clone wars compared to um the uh then it's a true just a, a one-for-one uh episode if that makes any sense right like I, mm-hmm. i'm i not saying it's 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 i don't it's it's not like clone wars but it feels like it's in the spirit of clone wars which is saying a lot at the same time right it just so, feels
2: like a natural progression of you know seeing yeah the story of the clones continue obviously in this different time period where it's they're in the empire now and the Clone Wars are over, and just it yeah. just feels like a natural continuation of seeing these characters um be part of like even though it's not the war is over, but still be part of the fight, so to speak, of yeah, doing these type of missions for the empire now.
0: Right. No, exactly. And so I, I think that you know, again, we'll dive more deeper into it. And again, I didn't realize this, guys. This is like a good way of teasing, like, uh listen to our next episode because we're gonna have you know a big deep dive on this because On the live stream for Star Wars News Net, I totally, you know, I've, I've, you hear some of my thoughts in those initial episodes, but there's, there's some cool stuff to get into with this. And I, and we have two more episodes to get into and afterwards. And they are, they are condensed to an extent. And, and I don't know if anything's going to be as meaty mythology wise in in Clone Wars, but this has been a pretty fun series so far. I've really enjoyed what we've gotten. And I think that I just want more Star Wars animation. Like, give me more of this, man. Give me more. Give me, I said it before, give me, you don't have to even do TV series dude. give me a little animated movie specials. Like I love specials. Give it to me. Like I, I feel like the more condensed storytelling is a lot, uh, you know, a lot better than a whole season long, like eight episodes or whatever, in my opinion, at least with this at this time, you know, Clone Wars a little bit different because they had arcs and I think that's, and it serves it well. So, um, yeah, I, I think the season has been good and I, I can't wait to dive, dive deeper into the season and, and watch two more episodes.
1: Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I'm right there with you guys. It's been a fun start to the season so far. And one thing that I personally, for me, that I like about Bad Batch is like, I like the show. I'm not like over the top, you know, super excited about the show, but it's kind of nice to feel that way. Like, because once Mando season three comes out, that's going to be my imper- yeah. my entire personality mm-hmm. for two months, right? Like every episode that comes out, I'm watching yeah. that like three times. I'm, I'm watching every episode like two or three times in the first week it comes out. I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm podcasting about it. I'm, I'm, you know, Mando, Mando, Mando. Bad Batch, I watch the episode. I go, that was fun. And I wait for the next one the next week. Like, and I it just, it doesn't take up that much time and energy for me out of my week, usually. Um even though, you know, I'm on rebel cells with Mike and Joe and we're talking about it every week, but like, so, you know, there's some episodes like the solitary clone where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get into it and talk about this one. There's other ones where I'm like, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one this week, but I, you know, I still have fun discussions with about, with it, uh, it's fun discussions about it with those guys. Um, and we always have a good time over there, but I mean, we always kind of, we all kind of feel the same way where it's like, you know, sometimes we're just like, yeah, it was a fun episode of Bad Batch, not much to it. And then, you know, every once in a while you get an episode where it's like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Um, And that's overall kind of how I felt about the season, uh, this season so far. I mean, the first two episodes were pretty good. Third episode, you know, like you guys said, was absolutely incredible. Um, Yeah, and can't wait to get into like a full discussion about that on our next one. But um. Yeah, the solitary clone definitely like probably my favorite episode of Bad Batch so far as well of the whole series. Um, And it really did feel like it felt like an episode of Clone Wars in its prime. Like it felt like an episode from one of those clone centric arcs like the uh, the Umbara arc or mm-hmm. the Order 66 arc or something like that. And it really did feel like, like, it, I mean, Bad Batch as a whole, like, obviously, it's got the same animation style as Clone Wars. It's got characters that originated in clone wars but it feels like its own thing you know when when hunter and omega and wrecker and tech and echo are going off on their adventures every week you know doing stuff for sid and they're building their bonds as a squad and everything it's like this feels different from clone wars but when you have commander cody and echo or echo commander cody (laughs) and uh crosshair you know going on missions behind enemy lines trying to free people from Separatist squads and you're getting into ideologies of like separatists and why they wanted to leave the Republic and why they want to leave the empire and clones following orders and all this kind of stuff. It's like, man, this is like some meaty stuff that again would have been like, you know, right up there with the best episodes of clone wars. So, um, yeah, that was really cool. I mean, that was almost like a window into like, Oh, if clone wars had just never ended and kept going past order 66, like we would have gotten episodes like this. Um, so I love it. But like part of me wishes that all of Bad Batch was like that. And then at the same time, I realize that like it strikes a nice balance where it's like you can have kind of a more like kid centric family friendly show, you know, where the squad is going on these fun missions every week and then sprinkle in every once in a while stuff like this for the hardcore fans to really sink our teeth into. And it just makes it that much more special when you don't get it every week. So um you know, I'm okay with that. And then, uh, you know, the most recent episode, the racing one, I mean, for me, like the racing stuff was really cool and fun. The story around it, I didn't particularly care for a whole lot, but like, again, it was a fun episode. It was, I didn't love it. I certainly didn't dislike it. Um, cause so it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm not, you know, spending a whole lot of brain power on it till next week. So, um you know it's just a a fun light enjoyable series and it's off to a good start and i can't wait to uh see what's gonna happen in the next couple episodes that we'll have to talk about on our next show so um but i am looking forward to like some of those big like mid-season finale episodes and of course i say mid-season finale it's not like they're taking a break or anything but Um, just from the episode titles that were released. I think it seems like there's going to be a a couple big episodes coming up in the middle of the season. And then I'm sure there'll be some big stuff towards the end as well. And really seeing like what all this clone stuff is building towards. Because as much as you kind of get like the one-off stories, every episode, there really seems to be sort of some underlying conflict bubbling up between the clones and the empire and uh, you know, the clones being phased out and, and questioning their orders and stuff like that. So can't wait to see that all build to a head and we'll definitely have to do a, uh, a big, you know, thoughtful discussion about that when that all goes down. Hopefully it's not like the same week as the Mando premiere or something like that. Cause then it's going to be like, man, we're going to have to like record two separate episodes that week or something like that. But um, yeah, this, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, You know, can't wait to see what they've got in store for the rest of the season. Can't wait to see uh what's in store for Mando in you know a few short weeks and um you know yeah we're we're off to a great start and uh just you know looking forward to this great year ahead of all this Star Wars content that we've got waiting for us. So um yeah I think we'll we'll kind of go ahead and wrap it up for now. Um save a lot more of the in depth Bad Batch discussion for our next episode. Um and I know Tim, I you said one... we didn't I was say oh, the sorry, one last
2: thing I'll say about the Bad Batch so far. Admiral Rampart still one of the worst Star Wars characters ever. I cannot stand that guy, and I really hope he gets what's coming to him at the end of the season. But <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I mean we've only seen him once so far this season. But last season, no, he's like, on I twice. Did we? Yeah, the uh, end of episode. Oh two, yeah, yeah. You know, no, and... you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he was in the solitary clone. Um, I'm thinking of him seeing him like interacting with like the rest of the squad.
2: Um, okay, yeah. But yeah,
1: you're. He was the one giving Crosshair the orders and stuff, but. Um yeah, like I feel like so far they're developing him into a, a much more sort of compelling um villain this season. Like one of those villains that you you love to hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's certainly interesting to watch. Last season, I didn't particularly care for him. Like they brought in Tarkin at the beginning, and then they were like, Okay, like we're not gonna have Tarkin be the main bad guy every week. Here's this like underling of Tarkin that he's gonna leave in charge, and it was just like, okay, you know junior imperial officer number 17 um and then uh I mean even now like I don't really remember any particularly like memorable moments with Rampart in season one but then like they come out the gate swinging in season two where it's like oh Rampart means business this season and like he's I don't like this guy so um yeah it'll be interesting to see uh you know where they continue to develop his character and yes he definitely certainly seems to be primed for uh you know the type of villain that's like it's going to be very satisfying when he gets his comeuppance yes but uh yeah i'm sure that'll be something that probably will we'll have to wait until the end of the season at least if not into future seasons but um yeah that was an interesting thing about it as well um but, yeah, so like I said, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and uh, wrap up here. And I know we didn't get any uh, any emails or social media comments or anything this week, right?
2: Um, no, not for this one.
1: Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, hope you guys are all enjoying Bad Batch as much as we are so far to start off the season. I know you're all looking forward to Mando as much as we are. Um, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to, you know, just, talking and interacting with you guys about it once that comes out and sharing all our reactions together and stuff. And of course, if you want to follow us, you can do that at star Wars TSC on Twitter and on Facebook at, uh, Facebook search star Wars, the saga continues. Um, and, uh, you can send us email at star Wars, TSC at gmail.com to send us your thoughts, comments, questions, whatever that you want to have us read on the show. And, uh, you can check out our website at star Wars, as well um like i said i'm also over on the rebel cells podcast uh talking about bad batch every week um and you can check that out as well as uh all the other great podcasts on the thunder podcast network um but that's gonna do it for now uh thank you guys for tuning in uh we will see you next time and may the force be with you see you next time everybody
0: Mm, go
2: speed rebels